You are now listening to The Big Data Beard. Hey everybody, this is Corey Men with The Big Data Beard and we are back and we are in Dell's headquarters in Round Rock, Texas. I'm joined by my good buddy, Brett Roberts. Brett, how are you doing this afternoon? It's so great to be back in Round Rock. I'm really excited for this interview today. Couldn't agree with you more. Now, if you notice, my glasses do have a tendency of fogging up a bit. I apologize. It's rather humid. Uh, but we're doing this uh, because inside the RV, it is even more humid. Uh, because in order to get a good podcast, you need it to be generally kind of quiet. And uh, having a diesel generator and air conditioners going in there would be a little painful. So bear with us. But we're joined by Jen Feltz. Jen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank so Jen, you. tell us a little bit about your role at Dell Technologies. Sure. I am uh, have responsibility for our IT organization. And you may have seen, we uh, recently announced that I'm the chief digital officer, which I'm super proud uh, to have that responsibility. Um, and we have responsibility for keeping all of our systems up and running and working with our business partners across the company to develop new capabilities and improve operations. Absolutely. So Chief Digital Officer, a little bit different title than CIO, but traditionally. What's the, what's the big difference in your mind and how that role has evolved to truly being a Chief Digital Officer versus CIO? You know, we talked about it quite a bit. Uh, should the role be CIO or Chief Digital Officer? And we looked at what other company, what other companies are doing, and here's what we discovered: um, the CIO and the Chief Digital Officer, even when they're it's two different roles, they mm -hmm. always work hand in hand. Yeah. And uh, what we decided here at Dell is that you know that it would be one role because a lot of the process and technology go hand in hand. Absolutely. And it's a little bit of a mindset for us to be thinking beyond just the traditional roles of IT mm -hmm. uh, to say, you know, part of our responsibility as an organization is to drive digital transformation. Absolutely. And we have all the responsibility of an IT organization too. We need to keep everything running and do it in a secure and robust way. But the idea was to really kind of help spur change of mindset to talk about how do we actually transform. So what are you most excited about for in being in this new role? I am most excited about the, the opportunities. I think the timing is, uh, it's pretty awesome timing to be in, in the, Absolutely. in this organization mm -hmm. for a couple of reasons. One, you know, as a company, we've been growing, which is always fun, but we actually have great technology. I mean, we have really awesome technology across the, across the family of Dell Technologies. And I would say what, what I see is the opportunity to leverage that technology across the board. It's probably the best time to be in IT, honestly. Mm -hmm. We have great tools. There's such a focus on DevOps. We finally, I shouldn't say finally, but we finally have a lot of great things to help us in our own digital transformation. And then on top of it, you know, hopefully all of those solutions let us leverage the incredible, you know, brain power and enthusiasm of our team to help drive transformation. You know, once you take the kind of the hard work of how do you keep things up, how do you keep them available, how do you keep them current and create some capacity to do more innovative things. Absolutely. So digital transformation is uh, obviously a very popular term today. But I think it'd be unfair to say that like IT has not been evolving already over the last you know thirty years. What's your view on why is digital transformation accelerating so much change in enterprises today versus maybe what we've seen in other waves of innovation in IT? Sure, um, I think for you know a long period of time there's always been continuous improvement both within IT as well as any function. Right, you're looking at how do you redesign the process, how do you eliminate waste, but 
digital transformation is saying, how do we engage directly with those systems and take kind of the people processes out of the way? And how do we take the delays between batch processes, take those out as well? So what creates this opportunity now, I think, is the um, one, the amount of data that we have available to us and the amount of compute power that we have to actually use that data to make meaningful decisions, right? So I think those are the things that that say now is the time to actually digitally transform. We've had a lot of the technologies that we see today in pockets, like they've been around for decades, but on fairly small scale because they are pretty demanding. They look for big data sets. You're looking for lots of compute horsepower to be able to take advantage of it. And I think the timing is right now that we can see that become a reality. So the time is right to digitally transform. Absolutely. So in your role as a chief digital officer, you have to set a vision and set the strategy for how the organization is going to go execute. And one of the things that we see is always kind of a challenge in setting that vision is how do you balance the the technology and the people and the process, right? That those three those pillars have to come together. From from your perspective, how are you helping set like a vision and strategy that gets everybody on board to use the three pillars effectively well together? We talk about uh, all three of them. In fact, we might even add a fourth, which is culture, right? Oh, Combination of yeah. uh, people and process. But yeah. uh, when we talk about the vision, the vision is certainly to leverage the best technology and do that in a secure way. Okay, so that those are kind of table stakes for any organization, right? Is that we we have access to the technology, we deploy it in a safe and robust way, and then we enable our people. First of all, people want to learn about. How do I leverage this technology? How do I use some of the great technology that we have available to us? Like we do lots of training sessions and classes on Kubernetes or DevOps or design. Mm -hmm. Something we might not think of as purely technical, but our design capabilities today are far more than they were in, in the past. So those are building the skills of people and then the process, you know, um, I often think about like how do we eliminate waste from the process? So, you know, it's super aggravating when we all see it. Of you know, why are they doing that? That's so wasteful. <laughs> uh, but the other part of the process is actually just reminding us of how do we conduct uh, meaningful experiments? How do we take small tests, learn from them, and feed them back into the into our into our process? Mm-hmm. So for an IT organization, you know, a big shift is to say not everything is going to be a big multi-year project. We have to do small experiments, learn from them, you know, thinking about the long-term, but making short-term, some short-term experimentation so we can learn quickly. That's a big process change. And so when I think about it, it's those experiments include leveraging the technology, making sure people have appropriate training and access to knowledge. Mm -hmm. And then we have the process to support them because, you know, not all experiments work, (laughs) right? Like, so they fail. It's supposed to fail. Yeah, so you're like, sometimes it's going to fail. It's part of the challenge when you have a big a big company is how do you safely fail yeah. and how do you do it quickly so you can learn. Yeah, that's interesting. Creating that culture of it's okay to fail, I think, is a sign of success in many organizations where it's okay because it's an R&D project. You have to right. fail a little bit. So when you you clearly you know look out, obviously, for Dell Technologies kind of digital transformation, but when you when you look out in the industry... How real is digital transformation in most enterprises? Is it like, is it clear that everybody's kind of started? Is there clear leaders? Like, what's your perspective on kind of where Dell fits and where you see the industry in terms of progress towards digital transformation? 
I think everybody is probably at a slightly different point. Even even within our own company, mm-hmm. we have processes that are further ahead and some that are further behind. I mean, yeah. some um, we have some processes that really aren't well suited to do lots of small experimentations and learning. They actually have to be more thoughtful. Those might be in some of our more controlled environments where we have regulatory requirements, et cetera. Generally, that's not where you do experiments. Right, okay? You exactly. might do it. You might do those uh, a little bit offline. But I think companies are at most companies are at different stages. Um, most all. I mean, I always think that uh, we can't go fast enough. You know, like there's a lot of opportunity. You know, wouldn't it be great if? And then I talk to some of our peer organizations, and sometimes they're a little bit slower, a little more reluctant. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they don't have access to the technology or access to the people. But the people are really important. Like having people that can see what we can do with this technology and um, bring ideas to light with our business partners to sort of present the art of the possible is really, really important. And so that depends on, you know, have you attracted the right people to the organization to do that? Some IT organizations haven't. So overall, where would you say Dell is within our transformation journey? And what's the next phase of that, that transformation journey? Um, I would say we're probably never going to be done uh, just <laughs> as a just as a company because, mm-hmm. you know, I've uh, been here a long time and I've never seen us say, hey, that's good. Let's stop. Let's just stop there. Right. right? Continuous, <laughs> c- continuous process. Right. right. Continuous it's process. continuously uh, continuing to improve. But what I see is that we have a like a good part of the company, mm-hmm. it, we've always been data-driven. And so now more than ever, I see it sort of as the heyday of people really looking at not just reporting and, you know, we have a lot of data scientists, but those data scientists are now looking at how do they create models? How do they create, how do they leverage machine learning to take advantage of the data that we have and what does it mean? So I don't think we're done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not even sure if we've defined a finish line. Yeah, <laughs> that's right? fair. Totally fair. So I'm curious, you, you know, you, you, you talk about that there's this excitement and that there's this willingness to go fast. But it's not all easy. Like this is a hard thing to take, especially an organization as big as as Dell, and and have meaningful change. What are some of the biggest challenges that you and your team have have either overcome recently, or that you're working to overcome now that others might learn from? So the, one of the biggest challenges is inertia. Mm-hmm. Okay, we know how things work today. We uh, have processes in place to. Uh, to operate mm-hmm. this very, very large company. But I think some of the things that I've seen that have been really helpful is is actually running those experiments, taking some of the data that we have available and collaborating with our business partners on what can what can we do. Now, here's some things that I think are, are kind of cool. Okay. Where we've done that, so let's take our um, digital supply chain as a, as a good example. Our supply chain team and our IT team, they sit side by side on a single team. And they're looking at the data and they're looking at what decisions they want to make. How are they going to present that information back so that the right decisions are made at the right time? Mm-hmm. Now, that's very, and they, they're doing demos every two weeks together to their leadership team about what they're learning, how they're uh, exploring and what's possible. Those teams are 
uh, they're really breaking down barriers from like, hey, let's write some requirements. You know what re- requirements are typically, and now from the product group, people may say, oh, well, that's crazy. But usually you write down what you know, mm-hmm. right? You write down what you've seen. Mm-hmm. It's the idea of saying, let's go and let's experiment together and let's learn. And then we'll flush out the latent needs of the business while we're looking at technology. It's pretty awesome what some of the results are. Yeah. So not only are those teams producing great results they're also like happier people yeah, like absolutely. they actually have higher they they really have higher employee satisfaction scores uh, by a significant percentage on teams that work that way because they're really like you take a lot of bureaucracy out of the way and say let's we'll just sit side by side let's figure this out and let's get something done and and we'll see it in 10 days we're going to see something mm-hmm. in 10 days so i think that's pretty powerful and the more we can do that the better off we are Absolutely. Now, and, and your team's done a great job of, of branding too, which I think is kind of an interesting concept that I don't think a lot of, you know, exe- I mean, think of like a, executives think about it, but I don't think everybody does it well. Talk about how this sort of the, the Dell digital kind of brand came to be and, and kind of why that's kind of the rally cry and the rally point for Dell. No, it's interesting. Uh, traditionally, Dell, mm-hmm. uh, IT didn't do any branding. You know, we sat back and then did our work and hope no one yelled at us. And then we discovered that the EMC team had this great program called IT Proven, mm-hmm. that they were using the products mm-hmm. and then talking about how they were using the products uh, to customers. And thought, well, that's a good idea because we're using all these products, yeah. right? And uh, when you think about it, you know, we get to uh, be that first customer frequently uh, for our product teams. And we're, we're a pretty big IT shop. And so I think it's been really great for us to have the engagement with the product groups. People are proud. They're really proud of uh, the products that we have from the company and how we're using them. And the fact that we're, you know, 90 plus billion dollar company that uses our own products, we're happy to tell that story. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So uh, in your role, you, you've, you've got a requirement to look out in the future and kind of see what's next in many time, many cases. When you look out at the t- technology landscape, kind of in the future, the emerging technologies, what emerging technologies interest you the most and you think maybe will, uh, will come into purview and be most interesting to Dell's digital transformation story? I think the amount of um, data that we have and we think about the technology to leverage it in real time, both uh, both in the data center and the edge is really powerful. It's really powerful. I mean, I think about, you know, you think about what things that you want to happen, you want to see the results instantaneously mm-hmm. on your device, whatever device that may be. Um, I think that's where we're going to see a huge amount of uh, innovation. Very cool. So everybody has an origin story. And I know you, you said you've been around Dell for a while and you've, you've got this incredible role of chief, chief digital officer. It, kind of give us the short story. Where were you before? What were you doing that led you to, to this awesome opportunity? Um, well, I spent the first uh, the first 10 years of my career as a product manager in, soft, in software yeah. and then came to Dell and started in our supply chain organization. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just, I guess, being curious. I mean, if I look at it, I should have called myself a data scientist back then because I was right. really pretty curious would about. Would have been really cool if you da- did. I know. I would have <laughs> been, but I'm not that cool. So, uh, so I didn't say that. Um, so I learned a lot about how the company worked out of uh, curiosity, but the supply chain is kind of a heart and soul of 
of the company. Mm -hmm. And then about four years ago, I was asked if I wanted to come to IT. Mm -hmm. And I thought, absolutely. Yeah. And mostly because, you know, this might not reflect well, but at the end, like the IT teams, like you get to develop the tools that mm -hmm. are really part of the process, right? Absolutely. So if you want to drive process transformation, might as well get on board with the tools. Absolutely. And so, you know, an interesting background. I don't think I could have plotted the path uh, to get here, yeah. but I'm, I, I'm really honored to be asked to take on this role. We've learned a lot from our guests about big data, but now it's time to get a bit personal. In a segment, we like to call Rapid Fire. Pew, pew. What is the last book that you read that you would recommend to our listeners? I'm currently reading uh, Sea Stories by... It's awesome. It sea is really... Sea Stories? Yeah. What is that? Sea Stories is... Um, this, let me just show you. Hold on. And I, and I lied to you, actually. I don't actually read the you books. You audible? I audible. So you feel like reading yeah. at this point is... It's a McRaven book. ...and reading. Uh, sea Stories, okay. Sea okay. McRaven, okay. Very by cool. Bill McRaven. You know, he did the UT commencement speeches about Make Your Bed. I think that was oh, his first okay. book. It's really motivational. Actually, now we're all listening we're to all it. We're all listening together. I love go. that. It yeah. makes me happy. Yeah, well, I, and I have, a, I have a good friend that makes fun of me because I'm like, oh, I read like 50, 60 books a year. And she's like, you don't read books. I'm like, okay, I don't. You're right. It's audible. But it's better because yeah. yeah, somebody yeah. reads it to me. Yeah, exactly. Someone is reading that book. Yeah, usually somebody so, really famous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if you had to pick a song to play when you walk on stage at a conference, what would it be? I don't know. You know what? I, I went to see Billie Eilish on Friday. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, I think I was the only parent there without kids and That's, i had i was true billy eilish is dude she's real she's awesome. emotional but man is she awesome she's a great maybe voice. a bad guy that would be that's yeah, got a good funky beat to it yeah, i don't know yeah or see me in a crown that would be a <laughs> you're kind of a big see? fan too I'm, yeah i'm showing my yeah 17 cool super impressive super impressive very right? impressive what a yeah. great voice too I just love listening to that album you love the first the beat, time on uh like good noise canceling headphones and like that overdubbed bass so good mm, big fan all right we got it. Billie Eilish. See me in a crown. That's your song. I'm going to get, I'm going to call the Dell Tech world <laughs> All right. organizers. All right. Let's I'm going to work we'll on that. that. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> so what piece of technology is currently making your life worse? I don't know. You know, I wear the Garmin tracker all the time and it's always tracking my sleep mm -hmm. and it's kind of sad. You know, it's <laughs> sad you because don't <laughs> I don't want to know. And I don't know why I don't get the deep sleep. Yeah. You know, it irritates me. Yeah. Every morning you looked like got 53 minutes. That's and I actually get more deep sleep on an airplane than I do at home. So that wow. is not good. That's kind of weird. Is it, there other, is. We, there's other factors. Maybe it's like that white noise. that just Could uh, be the white you know, noise. I don't know. I like it. So, of course, when you don't like it. So now I'm going to get that aura ring arrives today. So I figured uh, it might not be me. It might just be my device. So I go. just need a new device. So, check yeah. it out. All right. I like it. So what is your biggest personal money pit right now? Do spouses count? Yes, absolutely, yeah, they count. There we go. Yes. There we All go. right. Yeah. I'll tell you why. My spouse, like my spouse, uh, races cars as a hobby. Oh, uh, okay? my God. And exactly, it's totally your guy. It's so, the most expensive but, hobby. And I know. And you know, you get the same plastic plaque whether you win, or I mean, actually, if you win, that's what you get: acrylic plaque. Sometimes a tire, depending on how many people are racing with you. Yeah. I don't know. He loves it. He loves it, but. You know, he also has his car fully instrumented, and there's lots of data analytics that go on about about the car. But at the end, you just have to be a good driver. I'm going to make this worse. I'm going to introduce you. Has he found this product called the Apex Pro? 
I don't so know. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll send you. A, maybe I should see, get busy. There's not a lot of conversation about, about products that are acquired and brought yeah. into our household. Probably not. Yeah. yeah, I get it. Well, this one's kind of neat because it uses machine learning to actually help a driver understand how fast they can go around a corner with a little visual indicator. It's incredible. Came out of some PhD students out of Auburn University, but it's like a total data geek tracker for real time feedback. So, anyways, okay, I'll help you make it. it out. I'll, I'll make it worse it for you. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. No, that's that's great. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the holidays right around the corner. <laughs> yeah. So, what oh, show go. are you binging on right now? I've been watching Patriot Act. Patriot Act. Okay. Patriot Act, okay. Hassan Minaj. Oh yeah, super Dude, funny. He's real funny. He is very funny. And nothing's little, nobody. Everybody little gets a little bit political of political and yeah. you know. I like it. Freakonomics combined with comedy. It's totally love it. Big fan. Well, Jen, it has been awesome to have you on the Big Data Beard Thank podcast. Thank you, guys. A lot here, it's recorded here at the Round Rock Dell Technologies headquarters. We'll see you down the road. Thanks for listening to the Big Data Beard podcast. This amazing adventure would not be possible without our incredible sponsors. We thank you, Dell Technologies, VMware, Red River Technologies, Aero Electronics, and Converging Data for making the road trip to Splunk.conf 2019 possible. And be sure to smash that thumbs up button so we can keep the episodes coming. Until next time, keep being awesome.